and they can appear translucent UFOs or very cloud-like. Uh, so that can, sort of points towards their interdimensionality. They do travel through dimensions, as we would think of it. They're not using propellants or you know fuels, uh, petroleum or anything like this to power their craft. They would do what I would call, yeah, interdimensional travel. Hi and welcome to Ascension Talk with Jenny. Today I have Preston Dennett on again. As mentioned in the last episode, number nine, I divided this interview into two sections. So if you want to know a little bit more about Preston and how he got into this area of work, please go to episode number nine. You can also go to ascensiontalk.com and find it there in the blog. And that is uh, number nine. So today uh, we would talk about UFO abduction marks and implants why they do it and maybe a little bit how as well but also undersea UFO bases, UFO healing cases and cloud formation and UFO sightings. Enjoy! Uh, I was a question that I have uh, interviewed quite a lot of people and I'm not quite sure if you have had that experience. I've had some of the marks uh, after I've had like lucid dream or whatever you call it or very real dreams um, that are woken up with marks on my body and yes yeah have you had any experience or do you have any people you have interviewed that have had that experience anything that really pops out for you and, and if you have oh any, yeah yeah views yeah. of why they do it because i think there's different kinds of the the ones that did it on me they said it was for humankind and I was pretty angry with them because <laughs> I've always been really afraid of doctors my whole life. And, <laughs> you know, I could be, yeah, so, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm not a big fan of going to the doctor. And that's something we definitely see with people who are having contact. Because initially, I think it can be very scary. It can be very scary for people. And for that matter, not all contact is, you know, puppies and rainbows. Uh, for some people, it's a difficult experience. It can be traumatic. Uh, it can leave them with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, but on the other hand, there's also a very benevolent side. And yeah, marks on your body are fairly common. And this can take many different forms, such as bruises, or like bruises in the shape of finger marks even, like on your arms, where they're apparently holding you down or something. Uh, but scoop marks, very much like what we'd see in an inoculation or a biopsy and uh, triangular marks, um, all kinds of like little puncture wounds or needle marks. Uh, there's a wide variety of these sort of marks that will appear on a person's body. And also what I would call, I think these are the result of implants. And uh, by that, I mean some sort of device placed inside a person's body, which sounds a little you know, concerning, to say the least. Uh, and uh, this turns up with a lot of cases. Um, people I interview who have had an onboard encounter will go to the doctor, and the doctor's like, well, this is interesting. What's this up your sinus? You know, you have a, a little object. Or you know, there's a, do you have the, have you had surgery? There's you know, some sort of metal pin in your foot. Or um, one guy had a round sort of BB-like object under his molar. 
was actually more like a marble. It was fairly large. And uh, I hear this over and over and over again. And I'm like, well, what are implants? What are implants? Um, is this good for us? You know, what, what could this mean? And uh, there's been a lot of speculation about this and a lot of sort of people just running their mouth, I guess, without real, any real backup to backup evidence to support it. And I started really looking into it. Like, what are these for? Because the main theory was like, oh, it's mind control. It's tracking. And uh, I have talked to people who asked the ETs directly, what is this for? And the answers were very encouraging. I was very happy to hear that in pretty much every case that I've investigated, and I've heard this from several other researchers and experiencers, uh, that you know I haven't personally investigated, but say read about, uh, that the purpose is, say, in, in one case it was to boost your immune system. That's what they told one lady. Another, it was to measure your vital signs. Another said it was to measure the level of pollution in your body. Another said it was to monitor your health. And I've talked to people who had their implant removed and their health suffered as a result afterwards. And they were re-implanted and they, they were better again. So I think these are very encouraging uh, stories, They're, which are, yeah, largely anecdotal, but uh, um, think point towards the true purpose of implants. Um, people have had their implants removed and studied, by the way. And uh, it's been really remarkable what uh, people have found out about this. Uh, like, uh, these implants don't have any foreign body reaction. Normally, the body will reject something that's you know, not supposed to be there. Uh, often, um, some of them are magnetic. Often, they have the same appearance, like a cantaloupe seed sort of thing, or a little sort of spool, a metallic spool, or a little sort of metal bar type of thing. Sometimes they seem to be organic, or at least partly, and they will disintegrate upon being removed from the body, but other times, no. Um, they've been analyzed several times and seem to contain, like, meteorotic iron. It's like, how would someone get a piece of a meteor in their body? Wow. Uh, Often there's no entry wound or any sign of how that got there. ETs do have the ability to heal cuts. Um, yeah, we haven't even started into the whole UFO healing subject, but yes, yeah, the, please, that's where I'm <laughs> going. I'm kind of can feel we go in that way. That would be very interesting because you have two books that you read, like the you, one of the first books that you did about the heal was uh, it's called UFO Healing. And also the other one, healing powers of UFOs, healing on of UFOs, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, you got heaps of cases in there, and uh, yeah, could you just talk a little bit about that and one of the yeah some amazing cases that you yeah <laughs> yeah oh I would love to yes because uh, this doesn't get a lot of attention which kind of, I know which is, it's mm. it's unfortunate you know the media and humanity in general, is a little bit fear-based. And uh, I think there's a lot of attention towards uh, the more scary abduction accounts when, in fact, uh, healing, I'm absolutely convinced of this, and I can back it up, healing is one of the ET's major agendas. 
Um, that was my first book. It documented 100 cases because I knew of about four or five that were fairly well known uh, in the literature, and I had run into my own case. One lady I had interviewed said she had a, a cyst in her fallopian tubes. It was causing her all kinds of problems. It was very painful. And she had an MRI, was diagnosed, fully diagnosed. She was going to have an operation. And the night before the operation, she was visited. She doesn't really remember what happened, but she knows they came into her room. And uh, she's like, uh-oh, this, I, don't, I don't know how this is going to go down when I go to the doctor, but I think something happened. And uh, she went to the doctor, and the doctor's like, they did their pre-op MRIs and x-rays and stuff. And they're like, well, this is strange. Your cyst is gone. It's just completely gone. She's like, really? <laughs> wow. And they're like, well... Not only that, did you have surgery? She says, no, no, I didn't. She says, well, yes, you did, because there's fluid here in your fallopian tube, and it's only present after someone has had surgery. Wow. And, and, and she says, but I didn't. And they said, well, we know you did. Are you lying to us? And she didn't want to say it, because she kind of at this point knew what happened. She's like, no, honest, I, I didn't. And so they were pretty upset, and she was certainly relieved. And they sent her home. Uh, and uh, that's when I started looking at the UFO healing cases because I knew about a doctor in France who had been struck by a beam of light and healed of two conditions. He had cut his ankle with an axe two or three days earlier, had a huge gash on his foot. Oh my God. And he's struck by a beam of light and wakes up the next morning. That cut is gone. I mean, there's no trace of it. Not even a scar or anything. And he was uh, partially paralyzed from injuries received in the Algerian war years earlier. I um, mean, he had to give up piano playing. He was a professional piano player. That was gone too. He, he could start playing piano again. I'm telling you, they love musicians. Uh, and he, he was actually a medical doctor. And I'm like, wow, I knew of a case involving a Peruvian customs official who went out onto his veranda <laughs> And saw a UFO uh, pretty high up there, you know, a thousand feet or so. And it sends down this violet beam of light, which strikes him on the head and chest. And uh, it dazed him, left him a little disoriented. And it, the beam retracted and it zips off. And he was very nearsighted, suffered from pretty severe myopia. <laughs> and he had to take off his glasses to see. And his eye, his vision was perfect, perfect following being struck by this beam of light. He also suffered from rheumatism. Uh, and that cleared up over the next few days and weeks. And I'm like, wow. And I knew of another case that was pretty well known. Two police officers in Texas were driving along and this UFO showed up. A large craft was very low, hovering over a field right next to them. It scared them pretty bad. And they were struck by a beam of light. <laughs> That's often how this happens. Uh, some people are taken on board and healed. Some are visited in their bedrooms. 10% of the cases are actually occur in a hospital room. <laughs> no kidding. ETs will visit you in the hospital. But uh, in this case, they were struck by a beam of light while in their police cruiser. And they raced off. They were terrified. And uh, as soon as they were out of view of the UFO, they pulled over into a diner. And they were all breathless and discussing what happened when one of them noticed that his finger wasn't hurting anymore. 
Earlier, he had been bit by his son's baby pet alligator and had a wound on his finger. And it was all inflamed. It was very swollen, very painful, uh, and bleeding. And it was all bandaged up at the time. And he's like, gosh, it's not hurting at all. And he pulled off the bandage and couldn't even tell he'd been bit. The wound was gone. So that's how it sort of started for me. I'm like, well, let's dig in. Let's see if there are any other cases I can find. And I found 30 very quickly. I'm like, well, let's dig deeper. And I ended up finding about 100. This was way back in 1996. And I put out a book, the first book ever on UFO healing cases. And ever since then, I've been getting case after case after case. Every time I speak on the subject, someone's like, that happened to me. I was healed of an infected tattoo. Oh, they cured me of blindness. They cured me of deafness. They removed my warts. They cured my kidney stones. Uh, And I started, I'm telling you, they have cured everything from colds to cancer. People have been cured of diphtheria, tuberculosis, diabetes, 30 cases involving cures of cancer, but back pain, um, small cuts or bruises, broken bones, uh, liver disease, kidney disease, heart disease, flu or influenza, stomach ache, jaundice, hepatitis. I could go on. I've got 300 documented cases. I think it's way, way more than that. Most people don't talk about this. And I can tell you unequivocally that most major researchers have uncovered cases like these. Mary Rodwell, she's based in Australia. Uh, Let's see, Timothy Good, he's in England. Uh, Barbara Lamb, Yvonne Smith, the the three big guys, Bud Hopkins, John Mack, David Jacobs. uh, They all have cases. Most major researchers have uncovered multiple cases of this kind. Uh, I think it's amazing and also a good topic to bring up because when a lot of people talk about encounters, sometimes it's a little bit scary area for for a lot of people and I think there's so much positivity there. And, um, yeah, so I was wondering if we, um, in terms of seeing seeing ships and um, I've seen a lot of cloud formations and I've also seen ufos like you know just uh but uh uh what's the difference you reckon oh no that sounds really australian reckon <laughs> like <laughs> swedish australian <laughs> reckon uh what's the difference uh with a cloud formation that looks like a ufo and an actual ufo yeah um it's very interesting because ufos do have a tendency to sort of hide in clouds and there's a cloud formation that's called a lenticular cloud which is very much saucer-shaped and can fool people into, like, maybe that's a UFO. No, there's saucer-shaped clouds for sure. But absolutely, cloud, clouds, uh, anomalous clouds can appear. And you, you can tell because they've got little lights, perhaps, blinking inside of them, or they're glowing in some way. Or if you're driving along and you come into a very bizarre sort of fog bank, um, they can create fog. And yeah, they use clouds, I think, to sort of hide behind sometimes. And uh, yeah, it's a good idea to keep your eye on any sort of cloud that looks at all anomalous. If a cloud is moving across the sky in the opposite direction of the wind, I mean, well, that's a dead giveaway. Uh, And they can appear translucent UFOs or very cloud-like. So that can 
sort of points towards their interdimensionality. They do travel through dimensions, as we would think of it. They're not using propellants or you know fuels, uh, petroleum or anything like this to power their craft. They would do what I would call, yeah, interdimensional travel, traveling through portals or maybe wormholes might be another term. Uh, and they come in all different shapes. I'd say the saucer shape, the classic flying saucer is probably most common, but you get all shapes. Cigar shaped, that's very common. Uh, boomerang shaped, sort of a V, that's also common. Uh, globe shaped, just a perfect sort of sphere. Uh, triangular shape uh, is not super common. I think a lot of those are probably our own. Uh, and definitely, we do have this technology. Uh, the Roswell UFO crash of 1947 is very well known, but it's just one of hundreds. No kidding, there's a lot of UFO crashes. I've really looked into this, and I do believe we have this technology and are reverse engineering it. Uh, so some of these craft, particularly around Air Force bases, uh, you have to be careful. Those could very well be our own. Um, particularly the triangular ones. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about that recently, and I looked into my files. I'm like, is that true? Uh, because, and I, sh I was shocked. I'm like, yeah, I have very few, what I would call your standard triangle case. They're more more described as manta ray shaped or boomerang. Uh, but yeah, all different shapes. Some people describe hexagonal or or just really weird shapes that you wouldn't even expect. Uh, it can be all kinds of shapes. And yeah, clouds, cloud cigars, that's definitely one of the things people do report. Yeah, so so I went up to the hinterlands up in the mountains one day and uh, there were so many clouds there. They looked exactly the same. And as soon as I stopped and tried to take out the camera, they just disappeared. <laughs> and then I jumped in the car again and then they were there again. So it's, uh, it was, And I hadn't really noticed just clouds before but when people have started like i've seen that all my life you know that they have a certain shape i'm like mm, okay <laughs> so i just find it very interesting have you um uh could you just uh can we just base uh just touch base on the undersea ufo bases especially in what you talk about is that in california yeah, 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 USOs. Yeah, yeah USOs. <laughs> I like that name. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, unidentified submersible objects, uh, which are basically UFOs, but you can't call it a flying object if it's you know not flying. Uh, these are in the water. And it was very interesting because I started getting cases of this very early on in my research. Uh, I'm very close to the coast here, the Southern California coast. I started getting accounts of objects you know, diving into the water or coming out or sometimes both or moving under the water and coming right under your boat. They love to do that. They target boaters, freaks people out. It's like, oh, it's right under our boat. What's going on? This is not a submarine. It's a, you know, they're often quite large and they can move very quickly underwater. And I uh, started looking into it and I'm like, wow, there's almost no research out there on this. There was like two books that even touched on it. Ivan T. Sanderson's Invisible Residence was a very early book, which had some USO accounts. And there was another book, I think it's called Water UFO, 
uh, by Carl Feint. And he was sort of the go-to guy for many years. He's, I believe, uh, since passed away. And I found myself, you know, getting a lot of attention uh, on this particular aspect because I uh, put out a ch chapter in one of my books, UFOs Over California, uh, and I called it Ocean Going UFOs. And I wrote an article for Fate Magazine, like, is there an undersea base off the Southern California coast? Because I started, I had so many cases in this one area. I mean, over a hundred in this sharply defined stretch of water between Catalina Island and the mainland. And uh, this is again off the coast of Southern California. And I'd talked to some people who've been, you know, abducted or taken on board a craft. And people who were taken in this area, a few of them, didn't describe going on board a UFO. They described being taken to an underground area or a vast cavern of some type. I'm like, wow. And in some cases, you know, often when someone sees a UFO, they describe, well, it was a star-like light and it came swooping down at me or appeared on the horizon and it came towards me. I had a bunch of cases where people were like, well, it came out of the water or it came from behind the ridge from um, below. And in many of these cases, it wasn't just one or two objects or even 10 or 20. It was more. I'm talking 50. In three or four cases, over 100 coming up from below. And that's when I started to think, oh, my gosh, is, it, you know, is there a parking lot down there? I mean, is there a base? And, uh, yeah, I started plotting them all on the map. I'm like, well, if there's a base, it's probably right around here. And uh, started getting more reports of, you know, what I would call data points pointing towards the existence of some sort of undersea base. For example, there's this really weird geographical anomaly off the coast of Malibu. Uh, it's called the Malibu Anomaly. Um, you can just look this up on the internet and it will show this really weird structure with a very flat top. It's got what looks like pillars and a tunnel. It looks really strange. And uh, I had sort of predicted that there would be something there before this thing ever became, it kind of went viral at some point in I think 2006 or, or thereabouts. And I'm like, wow, that's right where I predicted it would be. And look at this thing. <laughs> and, and yeah, I think there might very well be a base, not only on, off the Southern California coast, but all over the world, like Mount Shasta. Um, that's often pointed to towards having perhaps an underground base. Uh, Puerto Rico has an awful lot of USO reports as well. Uh, the eastern coast of the United States, off the coast of North Carolina, that area. Uh, but this is absolutely universal. Um, I think our oceans, and for that matter, I've gotten reports from very small bodies of water, reservoirs, little lakes, rivers. Uh, you, they are hiding in large numbers in our bodies of water. And I think because they can uh, and because uh, we don't have easy access to that, it's a perfect place for them to sort of still be here on Earth and do whatever they want to do and be sort of unmolested. We can't bother them because we don't have the technology to easily go down there. And they do. They can go in and out of the water at high speed. And if we try that, we'd break up into a million little pieces. So, yeah, USOs are absolutely a thing. It's getting a lot of attention now.
And I'm glad because uh, I think there's a lot more activity there that we haven't even talked about. Yeah, I think it's a lot here in Australia too. I've just heard it mentioned in Australia and New Zealand and this part of the world as well. Have you heard anything about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's everywhere. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. And for that matter, so are UFO healings. I've gotten many cases from Australia, New Zealand, all across Europe, Canada, Africa, all across the U.S., of course, South America. I mean, you name it. England, uh, the, the big, what I would call the big countries, you know, Russia, U.S., Canada, and England are the leading producers of UFO healing reports, mm. which would make sense. I mean, they're among the biggest countries. Uh, so, uh, yeah, absolutely. This is a worldwide phenomenon. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, how about uh, one that I'm very curious about? I'm going to try to wrap it up. Otherwise, we'll go a little bit too long. Maybe I can have you back another time in the near future because <laughs> uh, you got so much knowledge. And um, so how about, because when I talked to Christine, when I did the interview, I think that was the interview number six, I think it was. Uh, she mentioned that uh, about Versa Verdis in New Mexico about the native Indians that um, Native American Indians that just disappeared is that do you do you know anything about that is that any related with UFOs or yeah I think it might be um, Native What's Americans yeah yeah I've, I've interviewed some uh, Native Americans by the way Christine mm. uh, does have Native American yes. ancestry as well and uh, they have a really interesting viewpoint towards this whole phenomena they look at it as very benevolent, and the people I've interviewed who are Native American have had wonderful, <laughs> wonderful encounters. Uh, by the way, yeah, being taken on board can be scary, but I find no evidence of what I would call like sadism or torture or just the horrendous behavior we so often see among humans. It would be much easier to prove humans are hostile than mm. proving ETs are hostile. And the Native Americans have this wonderful relationship with the ETs. They call them star people. Uh, there's a wonderful researcher, R.D. Sixkiller Clark, who has put out three books, and I just love, love, love her uh, because she's clearly sincere and objective, and I don't think she's putting out any disinformation or misinformation, which is absolutely a problem in this field. Uh, there is a cover-up, um, and there's a lot of sort of trying to slant the subject towards the fear side, and it's not true. Um, these, these are not people we should fear, and the Native Americans certainly don't. And, uh, yeah, there's been tribes of Native Americans that have just disappeared. That happened up in a, a big Eskimo uh, village. All they're, they're gone. And, yeah, Native, I think that the Aztecs and you know, cultures have just disappeared. And we're like, where did they go? And uh, we have a big problem right now with missing persons. Uh, a lot of people are disappearing from our planet, and we're not able to track them. And it's far larger than it would be accounted for just your average missing person or runaways or, you know, crime, that type of thing, kidnapping. Uh, people are missing from our planet in fairly large numbers. And this is getting some recent attention now. People are waking up. And I have to tell you, I think I know what's happening. I think they are being evacuated. Uh, there is a possibility we're up for some real rough times on this planet. I've talked to a number of contactees who are sure 
as you know, dollars to donuts, that this is exactly what's happening. They've been told this. That, and one lady I interviewed, uh, I call her uh, Lynette, and she was told directly by the ETs. She's talked to her full-grown hybrid son who came and met her and says, yes, I will always watch over you. Um, you will never be harmed. And you need to tell people to start, uh, stop eating meat. Go towards vegetarianism. You know, you, can, you don't need to eat meat to survive. Tell people to stop putting out greed and negativity because you're going to destroy your planet like we did. And they told her, you know, what you thought was angels, a lot of that was actually us throughout history. They told her, we've been manipulating human genetics for millennia, not only humans, but animals, and particularly dogs and cats, and boosting their emotional intelligence so that they can relate more closely to humans. <laughs> I thought that was fascinating. And they told her, if anyone should disappear from this planet, it is being done for the good of humanity. I'm like, wow, because I've talked to a number of people, who, contactees, who said that this could happen or has happened. I talked to one lady from Louisiana who was involved in an incident involving a volcanic explosion. Uh, it's a very well-known explosion. The Nevada del Ruiz volcano in Colombia exploded in 1985. Well, she was there in a UFO before the explosion, scooping people up out of the town of Armero, which uh, collected like two, 3,000 people or more into this UFO. And then the volcano exploded and buried this town of Armero in 50 feet of mud. And the official death toll was some 23,000 people. And I'm going to take that death toll and lower it down <laughs> to about 20,000 or perhaps less because of what this lady, Pat Cates, told me of her experience of assisting in a UFO rescue operation, I guess you would call it. So, yeah, people are being taken off this planet, and the Native Americans, I think, as well, do have a special relationship with them. And uh, probably, yeah, there's a lot of planets out there. The world is not what a lot of people think it is. <laughs> I think a lot of people are going to be very surprised, uh, and certainly our government knows this, and I'm very pleased to see that we're taking steps towards disclosure. And I think once that happens, we'll have open official contact and everyone will know that this is a real phenomenon and it won't be a, quote, mystery anymore. Yeah, I think a lot of people already know that, but it, they're kind of just waiting for everyone to, or like the government to disclose it. But I think it might also make a lot of people panic, people that are not really awake yet. <laughs> But uh, I was wondering, in terms of um, how do you ground yourself, Preston? Like, how do you yeah, keep yourself leveled in this crazy time we live in? Yeah, it's not easy. Uh, particularly, you know, the past couple of years have been real rough, mm. I think, on everybody. Uh, but meditation is yeah. a wonderful tool. I think this is something that all what I would call enlightened masters talk about. It's the one thing that's pretty much uni universal in all religions. I think people who are you know, in fundamentalist religions are going to have a real hard time uh, if when the ETs show up because it's going to crack their belief systems wide open. But yeah, I do, I do like gardening. I think that's something we should all get into. Uh, it's very relaxing and very meditative and very helpful for our planet. And uh, love and laughter and 
family. Um, these are the important things in life. We've got to have fun. That's why we're here. Fear is uh, a myth. I mean, fear can be erased through the power of love. Love is the most powerful force in the universe. And I think as long as we just guide ourselves with knowledge and love and kindness, we're going to be just fine. Uh, there's no reason for any divisions. We're all alike. We all want the same things. <laughs> uh, so I think if we just come together and remember we're all one and what we do affects each other profoundly, we're going to be just fine. And how can people find you and, you know, your books? And you've got a really good uh, YouTube uh, channel as well. It's uh, like it's PrestonDennett.Weebly.com. That's your website. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, I think if you just type my name in in a search yeah. engine, it should bring you right there. Yeah, I've got I put it all. Yeah, I put it all in the show notes page and also on the podcast and and my website ascensiontalk.com as well. So Preston uh, Preston Dennett D E N N E T T dot Weebly dot com and also your YouTube. They just search for your name there. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, I'm also on Facebook and just recently on Twitter. Still trying mm -hmm. to figure that out, uh, but yeah, having a lot of fun uh, doing this. I'm, I think this is a very important subject. People are like, oh, I've never seen a UFO; it doesn't affect me. I'm like, well, yeah, it does. You know, do you, do you have a job? Do you, you know, do you, are you struggling to survive? Because we have free energy. We can solve our energy crisis, our economic crisis, our environmental crisis if we just push this subject forward and get our government to disclose and start using our, this technology to solve our problems. Uh, and I think we can do it. I'm pretty hopeful. I'm an optimist by nature. Uh, but I'm, yeah, I think we're going to be just fine if we just come together. Thank you, and for your amazing good vibes. <laughs> and I hope to, to, you know, to catch up with you in the near future. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's been a joy speaking with you. Thanks so much. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. And thank you, Preston. If you guys want to know about a little bit more about him, you can find all the links in the show notes page on the, the podcast app, or you can go to ascensiontalk.com uh, and to the blog there, episode number nine and ten. And also, you can also ch search for Preston Dennett. Uh, his last name is D-E-N-N-E-T. -E -T. So until next time, please heal yourself, take care of yourself, ground yourself, and I'll catch up with you very soon. Bye.